0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Just when I thought the demons I thought. We're call me Straight out of the blue Someone like you Comes along And I don't have to turn And look over my shoulder I already know from the start But the sins of my past were faster still, and I'm wasting my time trying to leave them because I never will. You see, one drink too many, one kiss too deep, and I feel a little shake in the pound. That's a Darkness. I can't deny, I know they're coming, there's no place to hide. I'm gonna get run down, Oh, I'm gonna run. Right now they're just a big cloud of dust. And the do and I love
2: host, Yvonne Mason, with my co-host, Ian Bush. That song, A Thousand Wild Horses, was written and put together by music artist Bill Abernathy, who is our guest tonight. He is a Kansas, Missouri singer-songwriter who has released a string of successful singles and albums, starting with 2017's Find A Way, featuring the number one mute, Roots music chart Single. Say that fast three times. Goodbye will never come again. Mr. Abernathy continued his streak with another hit album, Crossing Willow Creek, which included the politically charged radio hit Cry Wolf, and yes, we will be playing that one later, as well as three other international hits. His last single, another political release, More Than Meets the Eye, and yes, we will be playing that one, reached the top of the iTunes charts in South Africa, and we are heard in South Africa, and received 120,000 streams on Spotify, 45,000 on SoundCloud, and 37 views on YouTube. All totaled, Abernathy's music has been streamed more than 1 million times. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go now. Do not leave this show. After this show, you can go look him up. This is a testament to the connection that Bill has found with his fans, cultivated by countless live streaming performances and a successful 2020 pre-COVID Southwestern U.S. tour. And I will make my new friend, Bill Abernathy, this promise. After this show, he's going to see so many more hits because Uh all of the people that I have interviewed – that Michael Stover and his company has sent me has gone on to do great things, and so bill get ready for that ride, my friend welcome to the show
3: well thank you thank you very much yvonne for for having me tonight and uh thank you for playing playing the new single uh it's it's a really cool song and so uh and I'm kind of excited that you're gonna uh you're gonna dive into the more uh, uh politically and socially active songs later. That that would be kind of fun. Yeah?
2: Well, Oh, if, if, here it comes. <laughs> as Ian will tell you, Yvonne goes where angels will not tread. They don't just fear to tread. They don't go. <laughs> so <laughs> we to <have> fun tonight. <laughs> Now, I did, I, uh, before we talk of, of about a thousand wild horses, and then I know you probably have already Looked up this information and i'm going to let you run with it after I talk after I introduce it of course, this is a quote from Bill on his website, and I found it very very interesting because with my writer's mind, I see the visual so i'm going to read it directly quote imagine yourself in a small mining town on january twenty eighth nineteen fifty eight and see he, he didn't think that he was younger than me but he is by several years you're in a condemned hospital where a mother is giving birth to her fourth child while her husband covered in coal dust from the mines paces the waiting room this is the beginning of my story from, th- from that condemned hospital through many changes and challenges to having my songs played all over the world this is my story change always teaches us to be everything we're destined to be we don't always know what life will bring, what dreams will become reality, what dreams will crash and burn. But one thing is certain, change is either our friend or our enemy. We choose which, end quote. and take it and run with it because I know you've got burning questions. Man, see,
4: it, it makes me happy because you, you did teach me well. I read that same quote, and that was actually my first question of the night was that um, –
2: Bill, what did I tell you? What did I tell you?
4: <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> that's that's why we work together. So I, I, that's what I read. You had a lot of successful singles, three international hits, one million streams. You came from a working-class family. So my first question for you is, did you think you would reach these heights from a working-class family? Because I also came from a working-class family, and some of the things that I've done in my life, I never thought I was going to be anywhere near – as successful as I am today and success is measured differently, of course, but for you, did you ever think that coming from that kind of background, you wouldn't have the notoriety that you have today?
3: Well, yes. Uh, I, I never really questioned it. Um, I always just knew that, uh, you know, I was, my dad, uh, taught me a lot of really great lessons and, and, and uh, actually he's, the the uh, inspiration for for the title cut uh for my find a way album because he, he used to always tell me that if you want something bad enough in life and you're willing to put in the blood, the sweat, the tears and the toil, you can always find a way to make it happen. And uh I I've lived that. Uh I've lived that my whole life. You know, my dad was a very inspirational guy. He was a 82nd uh, Airborne Trooper in World War II. He was uh, uh, shot in the Battle of the Bulge, taken prisoner, uh, and in a German prisoner of war camp for about six months uh, and almost died, uh, and then got liberated uh, and uh, got healthy and got to be a uh, honor guard for General Patton for a bit uh, before he came back, and uh, uh, he, uh, he started uh, a career uh, and uh, ended up being uh, top management in a large global company uh, all over the world and uh, was considered a, a global expert, in many are in the field of his expertise. And uh, he did all that with an eighth-grade education. So uh, I don't think that uh, – I think the limitations that, that uh, we put on ourselves are a bit societal-based, uh, to say that, you know, if you don't have a Ph.D., you can't be somebody in, in life. Uh, I don't believe that. I just believe that uh, the harder you work, the luckier you are, and uh, I've been pretty fortunate in my life to uh, uh, be pretty lucky. And uh, when it comes to the music stuff, uh, I've been very fortunate, very fortunate to work with some really great people like Michael Stover uh, and many others that have gotten my music out uh, into the ears of people that – uh, like to listen to it, and uh, so I think that uh, uh, though it's cool and it's a bit surprising uh that, that I'm doing all this kind of later in life uh than most musicians, uh, I'm not the least bit surprised because you know I put in the effort in the work yeah yeah
2: and and you raise you raise a good statement, Bill, when you say later in life, I have mm-hmm. been in the artistic industry. For a long time And when I first started Of course indie authors Were looked on like we had the plague And we just Kept doing our thing and now Indie artists In all forms of Art are being accepted Whether it's painting, whether it's Music, whether it's books, whether It's theater Indie artists have something to bring to the table And By you validating the fact that it doesn't matter what age we are when we break out. It's the fact that we break out, that we follow that herd of wild horses, if you will, and and we do what we are destined to do. Would that be a fair statement?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it's a very true statement. I have many, many friends, many, many friends, full-time, you know, lifelong musicians and I have uh, many friends that have, have done some things somewhat similar to me. Uh, and uh, I think that, uh, you know, one of the things that you have to understand about about our life, and, and we alluded to it, you alluded to it in the quote, is, is I have a tune that's called Changes. And, and it's all about how life throws you curveballs, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Life throws things at you that you're not really prepared for and how you How you adjust to that, how you adapt to that, how do you learn to really capitalize on those things is really uh, the tagline of that song where it just says that change teaches us to be everything we're destined to be. And I think if you embrace, uh, if you embrace change and you embrace the opportunities that you're given uh, and you're not afraid to work a little bit, right, Uh, Mm -hmm. then good things can happen.
4: You know, I, I just believe that. So what, I'm glad you brought that up too. Oh, I'm sorry, Yvonne. Go ahead.
2: No, because I was fixing. We're probably fixing to to go in the same direction. I Say was the gonna Same
4: ask, thing. <laughs> I was gonna. Oh, ask, you've got to be, you've, Yvonne.
3: You've got to be from the south because you're fixing stuff. You're fixing. Yeah, to I'm do from, this, I'm, a, to I'm do originally.
2: Uh-huh. I, I am originally from Georgia. You can take the girl out uh-huh. of Georgia, but you can't take Georgia out of the girl.
3: There you go. There you go. Uh, the fixing was well, a tell. See. fixing That was a tell
2: have many tales of being from the, the deep south
0: <laughs> and I was raised from the
2: old south so I got two strikes against me but what I was going <laughs> to ask you in is because you are a of this this newest generation of kids and Bill and I are from the baby boomer generation would it be a fair statement to say that this generation of kids might want to um embrace not only change but some of the old paths as well
4: oh, of course i mean i've I've seen so many people that um, are what we would call old school you know i was the I was a kid in high school that still wore a leather jacket and had long hair and listened to pink floyd and People always accuse me of being old school, but I was also really new school in a lot of the ways that I acted. Um, it, I, I think having that blend is what you need to survive, especially in this industry. You have to have a little bit of the old with the new. Um, somebody once told me that there's not a whole lot of new things, just new thing, or, you know, old things that you think of differently, mm-hmm. that you think mm-hmm. of in a new way. And mm-hmm. I think for us to do that, we gotta you gotta have the respect for the old, and you have to have the the reverence for the new as well. And actually, so
2: what, um, what was your statement going to be, or your question? Don't Probably worries. the same thing.
4: Well, a little bit. So I was going to go along the lines of, um, well, first off, in the interest of transparency, I went through all your old interviews, and I made sure to ask questions that you haven't been asked before. <laughs> so get ready for oh, that okay. one too. So-
3: Oh, good. So you're throwing curveballs at me tonight. Okay. All right. I'm, you are I'm ready. not
4: the first. You are not the first. You're not the last. <laughs> this is why Yvonne and I work so well together. So I, I read that you wrote um, for a long time and you took a break and you started again and got a second chance at writing and music. And I know that's what Yvonne did. And I, I'm assuming I'm assuming, I can't see it in a crystal ball, but I'm assuming that's what I'm going to do as well, is that I've taken a little bit of a break and I'm going to get back into the writing career. So my question for you is, can you explain the power of second chances? How do you recognize it? How do you know that, hey, this is something that I need to get back into now and I have to start it today, I can't start tomorrow, I can't do any of that?
3: Ah, uh, yeah, so I, I'll, I'll go back to what I said earlier, you know, that the, the harder you're working, the luckier you get, right? And so uh, I did the music gig, uh, you know, the music thing when I was young, and then it stopped. I uh, stopped doing that, had a family, raised my kids, developed a corporate career, uh, and, uh, and worked very hard at it. Uh, uh, and, yes, I'm just going to go ahead and blow this out there. I'm now officially retired. Uh, for 43 and a half years, 43 and a half years with one company, which is not something that you hear of very often. Uh, so I always say I was either really good at what I did or they couldn't figure out a way to get rid of me, one or the other. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, I, had, I had always played, you know, I'd always written. I'd, you know, I just had stacks and stacks of, of, of lyrics and different things that I'd written, you know, during the time when I wasn't actively doing music and uh, uh, so I never really stopped. I just kind of stopped performing, really. Uh, and then, you know, uh, I raised my kids. My kids were both uh, big time athletes, Division One full ride kids. Played ball all the way through school. Played all over the world. Uh, my son, you know, played a bit of a little bit of pro baseball. And so, you know, that's that's a lifestyle that doesn't doesn't afford you a whole lot of time to do much of anything else other than you know get on airplanes and go watch kids play. And so uh you know it's one of those things that uh people ask me if if I regret that and I don't I I I'd do it again in a heartbeat if I was young uh I don't think I could pull it off these days but uh love watching them chase their dreams love watching them learn how to work hard uh watch love watching them learn how to be successful and then subsequently learn how to fail uh because that's part of life right so the lessons that you have to do uh but I They got done uh, with their school and all their stuff, and uh, I reached into that drawer and thought, well, you know, I wonder if there is any type of a market for this old hippie. That's what I kind of classify myself as kind of old hippie music, right? And uh, Mm -hmm. I went in and and made a couple of little recordings, and they got picked up uh, uh, by uh, uh, several radio stations and they got a little bit of love, and I won a couple of songwriting awards and that kind of thing. And I thought, well, you know, maybe there is. And so, you know, we went back in and, and uh, produced another album, far more, uh, far more produced album uh, than the first one, uh, which was the Find a Way album, and uh, it did extremely well uh, and found a, a pretty good audience uh, out across the globe. And then uh, we followed that up with the Crossing Willow Creek album, uh, which again uh, did quite well. Uh, Across the world And uh, so now we've uh, come out With our EP uh, Extended play uh, Four songs that uh, uh, Seem to be doing quite quite well Uh, We kicked uh, We released uh, more than meets the eye Right before the election uh, Of last year uh, Which I thought was kind of fun Um, And now we've got a thousand wild horses Going out and and, uh, it's really doing well And you know a lot of people are listening to it And we're getting a lot of good comments So I think that, uh, yeah, it, it's a second chance, but it, it, it's uh, almost by design, man. You know, it's almost by design. You know, I never wanted to be that guy that didn't get to spend time with his kids because he was always all out on on, on the road, you know, playing and working and, and doing all that. You know, it was never my thing. So, uh, you know, I wanted to uh, invest as much as I could and be as uh, engaged in their lives as I could be. And uh, then, you know, when when they picked up and and took off and started their own gig, I thought, well, why not? Let's pick up the guitar and see what can happen. And and so far, it's done well.
4: Well, let's let's talk. The other other thing, too, that I want to know is, like, what's one thing you haven't done yet? And I'm challenging you by saying don't say you haven't played with Dan Folgerberg because I know that's who you want to play with. I know that's your – your, your, your person that you would love to be on the stage with. And then when you answer, I'd love to throw that question towards Yvonne as well. That what what's something that you haven't uh, done yet that you want to as well. So go ahead with, with your response real fast.
3: Well, I've always wanted to play Red Rocks in Colorado. I've always wanted to do it. I've been there many times and and saw many shows there. Uh, And I've always thought that would be like the ultimate gig. You know, to to go and play Red Rocks in in uh, Colorado. So that would be that would be one of the things that I haven't
4: done yet.
2: Yeah? I think we should make that happen. We're gonna throw it I'm out there into ru- the universe. Yeah.
4: I was gonna gonna say, throw- I'm literally writing that down right now, and we're gonna figure out how that's gonna happen. What about you, Yvonne? What's one thing that you've wanted to do that you uh, haven't got to do yet?
2: Jump out of a perfectly good airplane with a parachute.
4: Working or non-working, do we need to call somebody, Uh, Yvonne? Are you okay?
2: Well, whatever, you know. Sometimes they open, sometimes (laughs) they don't.
3: (laughs) Well, you know, Yvonne, my dad was a paratrooper, right? And he used to always tell me that uh, he jumped out of a perfectly good airplane 46 times before he landed in one. And the first time he landed in an airplane, it scared the crap out of him. So
2: uh, (laughs) be careful what you
3: ask for. Yeah, be careful uh, that, what that, you ask
2: for. That that is that is one of, on my bucket list. And and by the way, Bill, I have been to your city and I absolutely love Kansas City, Missouri. We go there again tomorrow.
3: Kansas uh, Kansas City's a great town. You know, uh, in my in my corporate career and, and then of course with some of the music, you know, I've kind of traveled all over the world and and uh, I think that Kansas City may be the best little big town uh in the world. It's big enough. It isn't neat. That you have, that you have a lot of amenities and, and things to do, and you know, great restaurants and music and, and stuff. Um, but it's small enough that people still say hi to you on the street, you know, which is mm-hmm. kind of nice. Yeah.
2: Before Before I I get into these other two songs, tell me about a thousand wild horses because when I was listening to the songs that that Michael sent me to peruse to decide which three I was going to put up tonight, that one just spoke to me there I can see that song visually in my head and and because I owned horses and my son owned a, a mustang that that was taken from a wild herd, I see this song. So how did this song come about
3: well i 'd like to tell you that I wrote it, but i didn 't uh, A guy named Gary Burr, who 's a, a famous, really famous uh, songwriter in Nashville, wrote the song. Uh, but the first time that I heard it, I knew that number one, I needed to learn it, and uh, I knew that at some point it would end up uh, on one of my projects. So one of, one of my things that I do when I record is I always record a cover song or two uh, on my projects to give a little bit of, of uh, give a little bit of love and give a little homage to uh, songwriters. And uh, Gary Bird just did a fantastic job with this song. Uh, the thing that I like about it, and where where it really strikes home with me, is the analogy, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, he he talks about you know all these things you know uh, that you have in your life. I like to call them baggage, you know, things from your past, people that uh, you've been involved with, relationships, you know, friendships, that kind of thing, uh, that that you know maybe didn't work out so well, or maybe you had a, an addiction problem, or uh, you know that kind of thing, and and those kind of things are, are the baggage, you know, that we that we carry with us. And and Gary drew this fantastic analogy uh, to those things being like a uh, a herd of a thousand wild horses running behind you, hell bent on running you down. You know, so those things from your past can really weigh you down. They can really really take you out. You know, um, but uh, the beauty, uh, the, one of the beautiful lines in this song is when he talks about in the bridge, he says, uh, again, drawing the analogy between, you know, your, your drama, your baggage and these horses, he he says that each one is branded and each one is mine. Each one's a darkness that I can't deny. I know there's no place to hide. I'm either going to get run down or I'm going to ride. And then, uh, when I heard that, when I heard that, I thought, you know, he, that's a challenge, right? Are you going to allow those things to run you down uh, and, and take you out and mess up your life? Or are you going to just embrace them, understand them, and ride them into the future? And, uh, and I the ride right. them.
2: Well, I love exactly. it. I, because what Because it, it's sort of like the saying, uh, the things that happen to you in your life do not define you. They were just defining moments. Mm-hmm. So I love it, and and that's right up there one of my number one top five songs. I'll probably play this song over and over again and tell people about it. So when people say, you don't have the authority, I'm going to say, yeah, tell me I could, so get over it.
4: <laughs> 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 well, it's funny when you hear about that word, too, baggage. So when you think of baggage, you think of a, you know, I guess for for your father and a paratrooper, you know, he he thought of his rucksack, right? He had to carry that thing with mm-hmm. him all the time, and it's supposed to have all the things that support him and make him complete the mission, right? But for people right. who don't have that militaristic lifestyle, they think of baggage being something like a carry-on that you're supposed to carry that on, and that it, it, it almost. Um, it's almost too weak of a term for people who understand the demons and stuff that weigh on them. Because it's not just a little 30-pound bag. It's a, it's a bag that makes you tired. It's a bag that makes you scared. It doesn't always help you. And so that, that really resonated with me, too, when I read that. And Yvonne, did you know that um, when he made that song, it was after an eight-month hiatus? Yep. So what was keeping him so busy, you think? And I know it wasn't all those COVID live streams, right?
2: He was busy. <laughs> he, was, he was a busy man creating. So, well, mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my co-host and surrogate child, Ian Bush. Yes, I can call him my child because I adopted him. Leave, leave us alone you wouldn't understand and and my wonderful guest music artist bill abernathy who i'm saying right here and now guess we're bringing this man back because this hour is just not going to just not going to get it all done so i'm just going to tell michael i'm bringing him back if he'll come back but that being said we're going to play more than meets the eye because this is what he was doing for 8 months
1: Decisions based on biased lies, determining who lives and dies, whose freedoms are lost, whose justice is blind, there's so much more. and
2: Ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my co-host, Ian Bush, and our guest, music artist, Bill Abernathy. And no, it is not 1969 in Woodstock in New York City. This, I felt like I had just stepped back in time. What an amazing song, Bill. That that song resonates with our generation as well as now so much. Where did that come from?
3: Ah, uh, well you mentioned my eight months, right? Yeah. So during mm-hmm. the uh during my eight months uh of downtime was obviously COVID, right? During the COVID shutdowns and lockdowns and you know, all the stuff that went along with it and, and uh I, I'm a bit of a news freak. You know, I I like watching news. I like seeing what's going on. I do have rules when I watch the news uh, because I consider myself to be somewhat apolitical. Uh, So I don't necessarily pick sides, but um, more than meets the eye kind of came out of that period of time uh, when I was watching all these different news stations and uh, seeing all these different agendas. You know, I think that, uh, you know, more than meets the eye is really about taking a step back, right? I think sometimes we can get lost in the weeds, right? Taking a step mm-hmm. back and, and looking into our society, into the various divisions that we've created, the cultural challenge and clearly uh, the divisive political climate that we've created, right? And taking a step back and, and not looking so much at the details, the everyday drama, but try to figure out what the heck is really going on. You know, what, what's the deal, you know, uh, what's going on behind the scenes. And uh, uh, I'd like doing that kind of thing. Uh, I like looking at that. And uh, when you look at what's going on, you know, politically in, in, in society, I mean, I was watching the news before, we before we got on the show tonight. So, you know, obviously today was a big day, but uh, when you look at that, you go, what's the deal? You know is there really more to this than beneath the i mean you see some of the some of the decisions that are made, and uh they make no sense, you know they make no sense and so you know when when I was writing this actually my favorite part <laughs> my favorite part of this song is the bridge right mm-hmm. the bridge just simple just simply says right. Any time you get to use the word mental masturbation in a song, it's got to be a win-win, right? Uh, But the bridge says the pure misinformation, the mental masturbation where the talking heads propagate agendas, their facts are all negotiable, their talking points adaptable, designed just to keep their seats till this November. I firmly believe that there's a large contingent uh, of of folks in public life uh the politicians but they don't really care uh you know if they're doing the right thing or if they're doing things the right way they're just really considered they're really just focused on keeping their job keeping their votes you know let's let's lie to people and and give them uh partial truths and misinformation and disinformation just to make sure that we've still got our job uh come november you know so that's really what that song's all about
2: well, Ian, did that answer your question, my dear?
4: Yeah, for the most part.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
4: uh, uh, I, I don't know, man. COVID was a weird time. We talked about it a couple times on this show. That, uh you know, in the beginning, it was kind of a, a, a spiritual journey, enlightenment, seeing how important it is to have relationships with people face-to-face and all that. And, uh, you know, after a while, it got to be – a little bit more strenuous than what we wanted, you know, and a little bit harder than what we wanted and it was uh, when I heard that song, I definitely really enjoyed it i could I could feel your passion behind it, and I think that goes back to your original quote um, that we talked earlier that people people can feel what you're saying, man. People can feel where you're coming from and and, and you you still have that working class grit to you, and I really applaud you on that man I really I really think that uh, you got to keep that up. you're definitely a unique voice.
3: No, well, thank you. Thank you. I'd Like, like uh, uh, Yvonne and I were talking about, I'm really not smart enough to be so, you know, elusive and, and artsy and all that. You know, I just kind of, uh, I like to say what I think, you know, so.
2: And, and this is where the three of us, because Ian's the same way, what you see with us is what you get. When someone asks me a question or wants my advice, my first question to them is, are you sure you're ready for the answer? Because you might not like it. So don't ask if you don't want the answer.
3: A uh, quote, quote from a movie, you want the truth, you can't handle the truth. You know, what a great line. What a great line.
2: Perfect line. Perfect line. So how did you get on top of the charts in South Africa? Because we're heard in South Africa. We're heard right now in over... 40 or 50 countries. So you're going to get even more exposure than you did before. When I shut this show down the last time, we had over 500,000 listeners in over 200 countries. So it won't take us long to get back there. But you are heard in South Africa. For the folks that say, well, you know, he's been around a long time, yada, 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 yada. We've already covered that. Was it simply by staying on
3: course? Uh, I think a lot of times in life, it's not necessarily what you know, it's who you know, right? That
2: too. And,
3: uh, you know, I work with some great people, uh, some great people, you know, starting off with Michael, Michael Stober of MTS Management. You know, he's a great job of uh, getting getting my music out to the right audiences. Mm And, uh, you know, he's done a great job with that over the years. And then, you know, obviously I have some, some other people that work on um, social media stuff and, and that kind of thing. But uh, uh, I think it, it's all about who you know. You know, I, I think one of the challenges that, that a lot of uh, musicians have is they want to they super control everything. And uh, I learned in the corporate world that that's not how you're successful. You're successful yeah. at getting good people. Uh, Give them what they need and get the hell out of the way and let them do what they do. And because, uh, you know, because Michael's,
2: if you if you believe in those people, they will do a great job for you. Exactly,
3: exactly. And so, you know, it, it, the people do a great job. I think that uh, he's done a, a fantastic job of finding my audience. You know, I, uh, you know, that, that I'm I'm a little bit different than a lot of folks. I got the whole. You mentioned it. You know, the whole kind of. 60s thing going on in a lot of my music you know some people call it folk you know which I'm very proud of uh, because folk music has always been music that speaks to the heart you know that that really can can jump in and delve into uh, the societal and the political aspects of the day and uh, you know Bob Dylan you know, just saying. You know, I'm not going to compare myself to Bob Dylan because that's a whole
2: different world. But, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, well we're know, not sure what uh, world he's in. I'm not even sure Bob yeah. Dylan's on this planet. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but uh,
3: you read his, you read his lyrics, and, and and you just go, man. I mean, you know, wow. You know, the answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. You know, it's just a fantastic song, right? So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, from a folk standpoint, you know, I think that that uh, folk music has always been uh, the type of music that, that speaks to those kind of things, right? And so, you know, I'm just, like I said, I've just been lucky to have really good people that have done a really great job. So.
2: Well, I know that, that Michael and I have, have been working together for a, quite a few years, and he sends me, the people that he sends me not only are true artists, great performers. They are very humble and real people. They're not, like you say, so full of themselves, they can't get out of their own way. And Michael's ability to take indie artists and create something so beautiful for them to aspire to. I want to be like him when I grow up.
3: (laughs) Don't we all, right? Don't we all? (laughs)
4: And since and yet, we've already talked about the the north and the south, you know where Bob Dylan's from, right? Yes. Come on, I'm I not saying you know anybody it. knows where Bob
3: Dylan's from. He just kinda <laughs> showed Dillon, up. <laughs> Dylan.
2: Bob Dylan yeah. doesn't. He's from Dylan. the great state of Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well that's West. That's see, again. Bob Dylan doesn't even know where Bob Dylan's from, bless his heart. <laughs> <laughs> he got lost in the 60s and never came out. <laughs> well, you know, as
3: I hate to say it, maybe, maybe the hippies were right. You know, just saying. I mean, you look what's going on today. Maybe they were right.
2: Maybe they, yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe they were owned to something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but that song did. It, I did not go to Woodstock. But that was my, that was our generation, and that type of politically charged music was very prevalent in the late '60s, early '70s, when people were protesting Vietnam and and music artists were protesting our soldiers, and it's that same vibe. It's it's that same hippie vibe. And I love uh, that. You know, yeah, but
1: I, I
3: think that it, it's it's part of you know being an artist. You know, and it doesn't matter you know if you're a musical artist or, or you're writing books or you're taking pictures or you're paintings. You know, um, if if you don't talk about things that are that are prevalent and, and relevant for today, you're right. What's the point?
2: You know? You are I mean how many right.
3: songs how many songs do you need about my heart's been broken and my truck broke down? I mean, how <laughs> many of those do you really need, you know?
2: Hey, my and my wife's so, cheating on me and <laughs> hold my beer and <laughs> Oh
3: yeah. Yeah. You know, I thought I saw a thing the other day that made me laugh, you know, now that uh uh now that we're starting to get driverless cars, right? Uh That's it's inevitable. Job. It's inevitable that at some point some country artist is gonna his truck's gonna run off and leave him, and that's gonna be a song. <laughs> Dang, my truck done left me done left me down at the railroad, you know. It's, yep. it's inevitable.
4: My wife and my car left me at the same time. <laughs> there you go.
3: There you go. Being the of C, man. Yeah, yeah.
2: I see that. I see that one coming around the corner. Just wait, it's it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to play this last song, and we are we are 15 minutes away from the end of the show. So we may be strapped for time, but I still want to play it because I think that this is another one of those songs that, that is very interesting. And then when you come back, we'll play more. So ladies and gentlemen, this is off the chain. We're playing my guest, music artist Bill Abernathy's song, Cry Wolf. Again, it is politically charged. So if you can't handle the heat, just go on and get out the kitchen, but just leave the show on. (laughs) You don't have to sit in front of your computer, but don't turn us off. You might learn something. We'll be right back.
1: We've got to learn hide the wars But George said it right In 1984 He controls the present As full control of the past So we can repeat it Complicit with our alternate facts Are you freaking kidding me? Are you crying wolves? We gotta recognize the thieves in the tracks Tell me, are you crying, oh, cry. we gotta separate the lies from the facts, oh. the truth is calling our names loud and clear, but we're running with the facts It's turn to fear.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, that was Cry Wolf by music artist Bill Abernathy. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my co-host, Ian Bush, and our guest, Bill Abernathy. Okay, Bill, real quick, tell me about that song. Where did that one come from?
3: I had been out playing around with my grandsons and stepped in a hole and torn my Achilles tendon. Yeah? So I had to have surgery. And so I'm sitting at home. Uh, I can't move. I can't get up and get around. I have to have my toes above my nose. Uh, so it was not the most comfortable at times. And I'm flipping through uh, news stations as well as looking at social media. And I became fascinated with how quickly the latest breaking news or the latest tweet or the latest uh, you know, news flash. Uh, not only hit the networks on on uh, the various networks on television, but also was then, you know, replicated across social media by by hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, and it fascinated me because there's no chance to vet, right? There's no chance you're just taking people's word for right. what's really going on, and it, it immediately. Uh, took me back to the old fable, you know, of who's crying wolf. I mean, we all have them, right? We all have friends uh, on our, you know, social media platforms that are constantly, constantly, constantly posting things over and over and over again. And at some point, what do you do, right? You don't even read it anymore. You just flip past it, right? And uh, they've entered into what I call the cry wolf syndrome. So it doesn't really matter what you say because you've said so much before, nobody's listening. And uh I think a lot of times that's the way uh, uh unfortunately our politics are in the United States today, right?
2: That is true. And and our personal relationships as well. And what do you think of that song?
4: Same same themes, honestly. I mean, it's again when I heard it uh hello. Oh, hello. Um <laughs> <laughs> when um when I heard it I think it was yesterday when i was prepping for the show i definitely has that war anthem behind it and i like the beat and all that and everything you guys said and more honestly but i do i wish i would have heard it picturing your toes above your nose <laughs> like leg bent back behind your head because then maybe maybe it would have Exhibited some different feelings for me, so thanks for thanks well, for painting that narrative for me.
3: Well, you have to keep keep in mind. I have. I was sitting in a big chair with my toes above my nose on pillows, taking pain medicines, and watching the news. That that's that is the <laughs> ultimate recipe for a hit single, without question. Without <laughs>
2: question. <laughs> so, 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 ladies and gentlemen, you now know the magic behind the songs. It, it it's not at inspiration that comes out of nowhere it's from just everyday living everyday incidences (laughs) everyday tragedies every day stepping in holes and ripping your your achilles tendon i mean it it just happens what can i say we are creative in our own minds we can't help it can we bill
3: no sometimes you just uh you know, I, I get asked that a lot. Where does music come from? And I think I think it's magic. You know, I, I just don't know. Right? Nobody knows, right? But I think it's it just, just magic. And well, in this well, particular case, I was probably drugged up on pain pills and said, "Really? <laughs> are we really this stupid? Really?"
2: It's it's the voices in our heads that tell us what to do.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's a little scary from time to time. But yeah, that's more true than not. I think, yeah.
2: It it is very, uh, listen, if I don't listen to the voices in my head, and Ian will tell you, if I don't listen to those voices in my head, I literally cannot write and I cannot paint. Because if I want something to go one way and and the voices in my head want it to go another way, we have this battle and I finally just say, okay, I quit. I give up, just here, take my hands and use them. Apparently they no longer belong to me.
3: Yeah, well, it's, it's like we said earlier, sometimes you just got to learn when to get out of the way, you know, right. just let stuff happen. Delegate. Huh? just
2: delegate, just even the voices yeah. in your head, you just delegate, just let them go, because exactly. they're going to do what they're going to do anyway, sort of like my children. <laughs> Guys, we have reached the five-minute mark. Wow, here we go it never again. never fails. Now, just when we get started, good. One night, we're not going to have to do a two-hour show just for the grins and giggles. But I, but I will ask you, Bill, would you be willing to come back to this land of insanity that you find yourself in?
3: Uh, I think this may be the most sane moments I've had all day long. So, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm back.
4: And I'm, I'm good.
2: We don't care about all this, so we
4: appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, <really? laughs>
2: Like I told you before the show, we never know where this show's gonna start, go to the middle or even end because it's unscripted. We just go where the voices in our head tell us to go. We can't help it. So
3: in, mm-hmm. in about it's a lot of fun. About,
2: It is. I love the voices <laughs> in my head. In about thirty seconds. Can you impart some words of wisdom to our listening audience?
1: Yeah.
3: Just embrace change. You know, I mean, if you look what's going on in the world today, right, Uh, you know, even even today, right, we've got new stuff. We've got new mandates. We've got new this. We've got new this. We've got, you know, people who think that they know the best, and, and, you know, they're giving us suggestions and advice. And uh, the only thing that I would tell everybody at this point is to embrace where you are. Know who you are. Logic and reason is, you know, the way to go right so uh, it's a crazy world that we live in uh, sit back enjoy some music enjoy some painting read a good book you might bust into 1984 from george orwell just as a hint uh-huh. uh, because uh, george is more of a prophet than a science fiction writer i think uh, based on what's going on in today's world but uh, yeah just just you know be yourself you know try try to be unique try to be uh, uh, who you are you were created for a reason right And so let that reason happen Let that reason happen
2: Ian, have you got any Words of wisdom? Uh, I always do
4: After a good show like this You know that Mm -hmm. I think for me, going back to the baggage I was actually talking to somebody about that today About baggage and my own personal And their personal baggage And um, don't judge Don't judge baggage on someone else's back Thinking that it's light Because you ain't carrying it, they are
3: so. Exactly. Yeah.
2: I like that. I
3: loved. I loved your analogy about the the, the rucksack too. That was great. That was great. That Uh-oh. may end up being a song. Just saying. I knew yeah. you were
2: going to say that. I knew, we we have uh-huh. that we have that propensity on this show. We give. We yeah. throw out things and then we just let our artists take them and run with them. So. There you go. There's. You got to put. You got to credit that to me though, because I don't think I've ever been put in a song before.
4: So maybe <laughs> maybe I'll be side vocals for you. How's that? <laughs>
3: <laughs> we could do it we could do it man we could do it man.
2: so so bill has <laughs> said he will come back so i will contact my wonderful wonderful friend michael stover and i know he listens to this show so michael once again a home run as usual which brings me to monday night show this young man has been on this show before i absolutely adore him his name is matt weston and he is phenomenal. Uh, of course, I don't get Matt's any a bad artists. He is a good dude. And he's so humble and so sweet. Yeah. I just want to put him over in a corner somewhere and just look at him because he's just so precious. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then on Tuesday night, a, a new artist who I've not had before, Dave Williamson, will be here with us. And he should be a lot of fun, too, because apparently he goes by... The name Davy, not Dave, but who, who knows? I'm I'm old. I can pretty much get away with anything. So join us, ladies and gentlemen, and when this show ends, go and look. She's so annoying. Go and look up Bill Abernathy. Sorry. <laughs> 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 and, and we're going to end with the insanity of this night because we we've all three lost it. Who cares? But look up Bill. <laughs> Buy his music and, and listen for for his new music that I know is going to be coming out because I'm pretty sure. I'll be, if if not, it'll be new music does when I do the, the three new songs we'll play the next time. So, Bill, she goes again. <laughs> so, Bill, I will contact Michael and get you set up thank you again my friend for joining us and Ian thank you as always for being here for being my sidekick and keeping me on the straight and narrow tonight he didn't send me to my room I'm so surprised so (laughs) you did good I I did so from off the chain I'm Yvonne Mason your host with Ian Bush the co-host and Bill Abernathy telling you all thank you so much for a wonderful hour Be able to change, ladies and gentlemen. It'll be okay. Until Monday night, I tell you all good night. Say good night, children. Good
4: night.
2: Good night.
3: (laughs) Good night, John Boy. Uh
2: Good night.